prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me is my compatriot, my shadow, Chops. I'm your shadow. Well, or am I your, or am I your persona? I would say that I'm your shadow, if anything. Right. Exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. I. Uh, that's yeah. 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 So today, we're talking about Persona 4, developed by Atlas for the PlayStation 2 and released on December 9th, 2008. This JRPG features your character moving to a small town uh, in the Japanese countryside where he becomes embroiled in a supernatural murder mystery where victims must confront their innermost selves or pay the ultimate price. Now, you've already messed up the title. Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4? Yes, Craig. Let's use its official title. <sighs> so, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and also, shut up. Uh, um, it is very important to to point that out, though, right? It, that's Shin Megami fair. Tensei is a, like, a super popular franchise. It is a pretty big franchise. I don't, I feel like Persona has eclipsed it. In popularity? You think so? Oh, I'm very sure. Maybe not necessarily... No, I think even in Japan, yeah. I, I think the, the purists will tell you that Persona is, like, the baby version of Shin Megami Tensei, and, like, it gets right. hate for that. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, uh, Persona is more popular and sells more than the Shin Megami Tensei games. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. It is probably the it, it, the fact of like it's uh us appeal you know um i i think there's just a little bit more relatability in the persona series than the shin megami standalone series oh yeah i would agree with that uh, i i feel like there's still a lot of japanese flair to even the persona series but oh I, yeah for sure. But uh, but I do feel like there is certainly more of a Western appeal to Persona, even if it's just the fact that it is an easier game series than Shin Megami Tensei. What's the major difference? Do you know? Uh, so Shin Megami Tensei, it's not very different. I uh, the it's the mostly just the game difficulty. I think it's a lot more punishing in Shin Megami Tensei. If I'm not so kind of like your your Dark Souls, like Demon Souls, that kind of like level compared to normal hack and slash games, like like if I were to call it God of War, you know, like it's not punishing like that. Those ones are. Yeah, I, I would I would probably agree with that. I think I'm honestly not as familiar with Shin Megami Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, you know, there's just not been that many of them to come to America, uh, and I did play the first one maybe the second one on the super nintendo uh like a translated uh rom uh some time ago and that first or second whichever one it was uh on the super nintendo 
was a bit on the slow side. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it, it was uh, it was quite slow. Like it was very tense. Like it was very atmospheric. Uh, rather than like Persona where you run around and, you know, you're kind of playing a character, uh, you sort of just are in first person view going through like the maze of your school. It's a lot darker of a game too. Like Persona's dark for sure. It's, it is and it isn't. Like, it's like dark, but with like a, a, a wrapping of like, high school like it's weird it's such a weird it's weird i don't know oh it is it's certainly weird uh like that first shin megami tensei game i played shops to give you an idea uh the game starts and your school is sealed off from the rest of the world and uh demons start prowling your the halls of your school Oh, and like, so you have to like, it's almost has like a survival aspect to it in that sense. And like, you have to like befriend some students and some students won't befriend you if you befriend other students and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's a lot heavier because, you know, the, the, the demon world essentially is in the real world. Whereas Persona, it's the reverse. Like nobody knows there's a demon world, a shadow world, and you're one of the few that is aware of it. I, but I... But Chops, let's uh, uh, chat a bit about the uh, story before we get into the gameplay. Okay. Well, actually, first off, I guess even before that, have you ever played Persona 4 or any of the other Personas? No. I I think it's well known that, I don't know, I just have an aversion to high school-based anime things, whether that's TV shows or games. Did you like Yu Yu Hakusho? So, <laughs> I know you, I know you bring that up, but only like the first season is based in the school. Did you like the, rest the first of it, season? They're off doing. Yes, but it was uh, not a lot happened there. Not a lot happened there. I'd argue that a fair bit happens there, but fair enough. Not a lot fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I I feel like Persona is a game that gets a lot of immediate hate. And I'm not going to lie to you, Chops. I certainly sing the praises of this game now, but I was a hater. Like, I, when I, I, uh, you might have hung out with him back in the day too, Uh, Teddy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buddy Teddy uh, just sung the praises of this game all the time. And I was like, uh, high school drama, life simulator. I was like, I don't know. And he sung its praises. And then years later, uh, there's a kid that I've worked with uh, at the grocery store I've worked at. Uh, this kid named, I think his name was Matt. Uh, he was younger, but he was like, oh, have you ever played Persona 4? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, a buddy of mine told me about it. I don't know. I just didn't catch my interest. He's like, no, 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 you'd really like it. It's like at this murder mystery side of things that I think you'd really dig. And I was like, well, yeah, I like murder mysteries. That's one of my things. I was like, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. So years went by and the PlayStation TV was getting discounted. Mm-hmm. It was like down from high a hundred something bucks down to like 20, 30 or 40. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was super cheap. That's when I got it. Yeah. And I, I, and I was talking with, I think it was Sean, uh, our buddy, Sean. And I, uh, 
I was like, you know, what game should I get with it? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, there's not a ton that's Vita exclusive that I think you need. And I was like, all right, well, you know, is there anything that comes to mind? He's like, well, you know, Persona 4 Golden is on it. The the reboot, redo. Remaster. Of, yeah, yeah, remaster, essentially. Thank you, of uh, uh, Persona 4. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, dude, he's like, it is going to go out of print. You're never going to get a chance to play it at a decent price. He's like, just buy it. He's like, they probably have it used. Just snag it and get it on the cheap. And, you know, if you don't like it, whatever. I was like, all right, that's a fair point. I was like, I, you know, there there have been games that I've missed out on that, you know, just shoot up in price years later. I was like, I don't want that to happen. I'll give it a shot. And so I started up Persona 4 and I was hooked. I mean, like how much, though, in the beginning is it high school and how much is it murder mystery? Uh, I will say that the 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 high school side of things, it, there certainly is a bit, you know, like you you are students going to school. Uh, but honestly, like you can downplay that side of it if that doesn't interest you. Like it's certainly always going to be there. Like you have like tests and stuff. And like, you know, if you did good on your test, that will change cutscenes that happen after like, you know, that your, your family is, you know, excited for you that you did well, things like that, you know? So like there certainly is, that is built into the game and they do a good job of building into the game. So if you don't like that stuff, you know, yeah, it, it can get a bit in the way, but I will say that uh, the murder mystery side of things is certainly the larger part because that's the gameplay loop of, going into dungeons, essentially. Okay. Uh, and the battles. So, before we go deeper into the story, uh, just to give the listeners a, a rough idea, and, and even to give you a rough idea, uh, the gameplay loop is that you go to school. You take tests. You uh, have after-school clubs that you can do. Uh, you know, doing certain things raise your stats, like your social stats. So, like, if you take go to, like, an athletics club, you'll raise up, like, strength and, like, you know, that type of stuff. And so you'll be more athletic. And you could be friends with, like, the players of, like, the basketball club. What, what do you do at these clubs? It's just, like, like is quick there, is little there a mini-game? Oh, so it's just go talk these social scenes and then get a plus to whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, typically, yeah. Uh, it, it is very life simulator aspect where, yeah, there's not much in the way of like mini games like that, which on one hand is like, well, you know, that's less gameplay. But on the other hand, I don't know that I would want to do that many mini mini games over and over again. Not every Man. RPG can be Final Fantasy VII. Man, Craig, how many how many um, rhythm based mini games would there have been that would have just ruined the game for you? Oh God, I wouldn't have been able to complete it. I have no rhythm. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. none. I uh, so so there's that aspect of the uh, the the gameplay loop, but the other side of things is that there is a shadow world that you and your friends find out about where bad things happen essentially and people are in trouble and you need to go into this shadow world and save them. And basically that gameplay loop is you going into dungeons essentially and fighting JRPG battles. And uh, the game, the main, the gimmick of the game essentially is that all enemies have weaknesses to certain elements. And so like if you, and, and this is one of the more interesting combat aspects to the game like, let's say, for example, you're fighting a bunch of enemies that are weak to lightning and you're 
guys are equipped with personas that drop a bunch of lightning attacks. If you knock all the enemies to the ground, like stun them, you basically get to do free damage to the enemy. You like like dogpile on the enemies and there's a quick little scene of you basically like jumping into like almost like a cartoony dust cloud of like, you know, exaggerated limbs flying around and like, you know, stars popping out and you do a bunch of damage to the enemy. And it's it's a very fun gameplay aspect where like you want to make that happen. So is it is it very meta? The oh, meta? No, they, yes. they don't know that they're in a video game by any stretch. Okay, so but it's meta in respect that, it, in respect that it's very anime-esque, maybe? I would argue that that's not necessarily meta, but it is. Okay. it just certainly does have anime tropes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so at the start of the game, uh, your character, who you name, uh, goes to this little town in the countryside of Japan. And your parents are like basically going out of the country and they send you off to, I think it's your mother's brother, your uncle Ryotaro. His wife passed away years ago and he raised is a single father to Nanako, uh, who's your little cousin, uh, this little girl. And uh, he's like the chief of police in this little kind of quiet town. And things should be very idyllic. You know, it should be very calm and peaceful. It should be a nice little relaxing retreat before the school year ends. And then your parents come back and you head back home to live with them. But what happens is uh, you arrive in town and shortly thereafter, a TV announcer is found dead, strung up on an uh, antenna. Okay. Creepy. You then proceed to find out that a girl at your school is the one who discovered the body. Okay, you know, weird. The next day, you find that uh, the news reports that her body was found strung up on a telephone pole. Like, well, like latched. Gruesome. Yeah, latched around it. And they can't figure out what caused the deaths. Real creepy. Meanwhile... Uh, you have weird dreams, uh, you know, which I won't bother boring you with the details. It's a lot of gameplay stuff. But uh, you end up finding out that there's a kind of a uh, this you know urban legend at your school of something called the Midnight Channel, where apparently on rainy nights, uh, if you turn your TV to a certain channel, uh, you'll be able to see like, uh, uh, you know, like really creepy stuff, you know. And so you turn on this midnight channel on a rainy night and you don't think much of it. But suddenly the scene on the TV changes and it's one of your classmates and they seem to be in trouble. And so like when you try to like reach at the TV to like find out what's going on, you sort of kind of get sucked into the TV. And the only thing that saves you is the fact that your TV in your room is this little tiny old school crappy tv so you go to your friends that you've made at school and you guys think well let's go find a big screen tv and so the next time that happens you go to uh you know this like department store at a mall and you find yourselves in the shadow world and you start to realize oh the people that are dying in the real world are dying here first 
Oh, okay. So, you know, who's behind it? Who's causing this? And so it is essentially a JRPG whodunit where there is somebody in that sleepy town that you can interact with who is a murderer and you have to find out who they are. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm going to play this now, Mm -hmm. but you've definitely intrigued me more. Well, I will say this. If you're not interested in playing a 40 to 60 hour JRPG, and this is for you and our fans. (laughs) Greg, wait a minute. You're telling me you're you're saying if I'm not interested in a forty to sixty hour JRPG, Greg, come on, you know me. Fair point. I, typically, that's all I play. All right, let me phrase it this way: If you don't want to get into a JRPG that's forty to sixty hours, then a part of it is a life simulator. Yeah, that's a piece I don't like. Then uh, there is a Persona Four Golden anime that you can stream on. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll, at least. It might also be on Funimation, but I don't know that for sure. It's okay. at least Crunchyroll, though. Is it exact to the game? I have actually never watched through the anime because I was very satisfied with the game, and I just felt like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. Like, I don't necessarily need to watch the anime. Uh, but I'll tell you this, Chops. If you decide that you want to watch through the anime, I will watch through it with you. We will watch it at the same time and see how you like it and be able to chat about it. What if I want to play it? Well, then I will uh, probably not necessarily jump into the game again, uh, but I'll certainly be there to chat with you about the game as it goes and taunt you about who might be the person who's behind everything. I don't know if I like this idea. I don't know. Just throw it out offers. You you play Dragon Quest Eight while I play Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4. Man, uh, I'm not entirely opposed. There we go. But I played dragon quest 8 quite a few times as well but, fine uh, craig anywho i uh, so so that is essentially the gist of persona 4 and it, it is it is a very weird game because it it juggles the life aspect i think pretty well so long as you get invested in the characters because the more you befriend your friends, the party members, the more you unlock their powers and stuff. Like, they get abilities that you unlock through becoming better friends with them. Yeah, I I saw that, like, the personas that you take on are based on um, the major arcana, which is, like, the the major cards in the tarot decks. Yeah, so, like, your friend Chie, uh, who's my favorite uh, of the side characters, uh, she's, like, the chariot is her, you know, arcana, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, you have the... There's 21 cards. Some of the, the more known ones are, like, the sun, the moon, um, death, the hanged man, the fool. Like, those are those, like, I would say those stereotypical tarot cards you would see in, like, film or television. Sure. Um, and so, like, it's... So when they go into the the shadow world, they're there, or is it their persona that's there? Uh, both. So uh, when you go to the shadow world, you eventually figure out how to protect yourself, and that's by unlocking your true self, unlocking your persona, uh, who fights for you. Or infuses okay. you with strength, essentially. Uh, and so it's interesting because your, your friend's personas... 
are defined. They have a set persona throughout the game. But you as the main character can like combine personas and certain demons after you fight them will be like, hey, I want to join you. And you'll be like, ah, no, get out of here. Or you'll be like, yeah, hop on in, you know. Oh, you can decide. You don't have to always take them or you do always. Yeah, you do not have to always take them. I don't think uh, it, it's been a while since I played through Persona 4 and I've more recently played Persona 5. Uh, so I apologize if I mix up a couple of things. But, yeah, I'm very sure you do not have to take them. And technically, if you get personas that you're not a big fan of, you just splice them together and, you know, make a new persona. And, you know, sometimes you can make things that are, you know, uh, maybe not as good. And sometimes you can make things that are okay. And then other times you make things that are just belligerently overpowered. Like what? If you, do you remember ones? Uh, let's see. I, I, nothing comes to mind necessarily. There was one I had for a while. I think it was like Titan or something. It was like the persona of Titan. And he just had like all these ridiculous, like strength boosts. So like, I just essentially would jump into combat slash with my sword and it would just wreck everything. Mm, okay. You know, so like there, there's fun stuff you can do. There's a lot of customization to the combat in that regard. And your friends get fun abilities that you unlock the more you're friends with them, you know? Uh, you know, and so, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff to do in the game and they do a good job of tying in the fact that you care about these people, you know, because the life sim aspect to me isn't especially fun. Mm -hmm. What's fun. That's what I don't like the most about that. What's fun to me though, is the fact that by pursuing the life aspect, a life sim aspect, you essentially maximize your own abilities and that makes it so that you're you become better friends with the people around you. You know, so like if you're not as, let's say, you know, uh, charming, well, then you're likely not going to necessarily like get that date with Chie if you decide you want to pursue like a maxed out relationship with her or whatever, because, mm-hmm. you know, you can actually date some of the people in the game, uh, you know, and so, yeah, there, there's just a. a uh, a lot of gameplay aspects that reward you for pursuing the life sim stuff. But there's also just a lot of story stuff that, you know, you get to expand upon. Like I mentioned, if you're good, if you do good on tests, your family is impressed. You know, mm. Nanako, your little cousin, is more inclined to be res- like to respect you and to idolize you and, you know, really like you if you did good on your test and you're a good role model for her. Okay. So there's a lot of dialogue changes based on your social pieces of the game. Okay. Yeah. You know how, how, how social you are and how you're handling that. Yeah. They, they do a good job of that in this game. And that's the thing is like when you start off in the game and you're like, okay, uh, overprotective dad type figure, cliche little girl. All right. Okay. Whatever. I don't care. By the end of the game, you know, when like, you know, one of them are in trouble or whatever, you just get your butt into overdrive and you're like, no, I need to protect my family. You know, it's they do a good job of really getting you into the the, the characters and stuff. OK, OK. I mean, it, it might be a game that I check out. It might not. Uh, I would have to figure out how to get it. Borrow my Vita copy, I think, is your best bet. 
Is it? I don't know. We'll see if I. Oh, it's I, on uh, uh, Persona Four Golden. It's also on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do that then. Yeah. So for all our listeners, you have not only the PlayStation Two version, you have a uh, uh, Vita version, and then uh, the most accessible by far is the uh, Steam version. Hmm. Uh, but uh, chops. Uh, before I continue to babble uh, about Persona Four and how much I love it, and you know how it's one of my favorite games of all time, is there any uh, kind of fun stuff you found about the game? Anything you wanted to bring up? Yeah, there is a. I found. I look up speed runs for this. Um, mm-hmm. you'll have to tell me what what's the golden ending. So, Persona Four uh, remaster, Persona Four Golden has more content at the end. They added extra character, and so there is a different ending in Persona Four Golden if you pursue the bonus content at the end. Okay. So there's a few different game categories, hard golden ending, any percent, and then hard golden golden ending, no major glitches. So there's probably some decent glitches that are in this game. Um, but the uh, hard golden ending, first place is 8 hours, 43 minutes, 25 seconds by Molski, which I think is a Swedish player. Um, wow. And uh, they, they got it a year ago and they played it on the Vita. I am incredibly impressed because uh, eight hours is uh, nowhere near the amount of hours I put into this game. On on the hard setting. Yeah, right? I think I did medium, and even then, there were a few moments in the game where I was like, why don't I just go to easy? (laughs) Which, can you change that at any time or no? I feel like in Persona 5 you can change it at any time, but I don't think you can change it at any time in Persona 4. Yeah, I feel like that's a newer setting mechanic for games these days. And I could be wrong. Uh, I, I might be mistaken, but I feel like Persona 4, you're unable to change it once you start. Or maybe you can't go to higher difficulties once you start. It's something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but yeah, honestly, just, you know, the gameplay is fun, but I still feel like this is a game that is an easy recommendation for an easy playthrough just to experience the game. Okay. You know, well, I will give it some thought. I, I did see that um, when the game was released. Um, oh, where was it? it? Like it came with a whole bunch of weird stuff in the Japanese release. <laughs> I'm not uh, entirely then, surprised. But then on the American release, all it came with was a soundtrack CD. Honestly, the uh, soundtrack is uh, straight fire. So uh, I would not be opposed to uh, the soundtrack of this game. In fact, I've been crossing my fingers that they release a vinyl uh, uh, version of it uh, or repress a vinyl version because it probably had one years ago. Uh but yeah, I uh, I really dig the soundtrack. Uh, do you so, happen to know some of the weird stuff that came with the Japanese version? It, yeah, it came with character costumes and accessories. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And then the North American one came with CD with selected music from the game. Just selected music. Uh, you know what? I uh, If you offered me... Oh man, what would I take? If you offered me cosplay that would fit... For Persona 4 or the soundtrack. It's not the uh, full soundtrack. It's selected music. I might go with the cosplay then. I'm not yeah. I'm not a I'm not a cosplayer. I've never done cosplay. But you know what? If it was just handed to me and it fit, 
Uh, I might dress up as the main character. I have the gray hair for it, that's for sure. Why not? Oh, he has gray hair? Uh, yeah, if you look at uh, uh, his character art, yeah, he has, like, gray hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, anime protagonist uh, uh, Oh, cliche. that hair color. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it now. Yeah, it's, it, like, silver, not, not gray. You know, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Sure, yeah, yeah, more sil- like a silvery kind of grayish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty boy anime protagonist stuff and going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, I mean, like the anime tropes, I feel like if 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 you're just looking to like cringe, like if you're just like out, right out of the gate, you're like, this game is going to make me sick to my stomach and you get to those tropes. Yeah, they're, they're going to frustrate you for sure. Uh, but if you roll with the punches and like, you know, just take those moments when they happen with a grain of salt, then they're kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think I think you kind of have to do that with most anime. Yeah, um, you pretty much know what you're getting into when you watch it. Uh huh. For sure. You know, it, it depends on the anime. Uh, but it but does. Yes. Yeah. Other than like, I'd say your Miyazaki's, you know, which mm-hmm. I think are a little bit more approachable from different cultures. Your typical anime stuff is not. <laughs> You're not going in it thinking it's going to be like uh, saving Private Ryan or like you're going to get blown away by it. It's going to be it's going to have dumb moments. It's going to have cheesy moments. And then it's going to have moments where you're like, I don't know if I needed to see that. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's anime in a nutshell. It's funny because some series do like kind of gut punch you and you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I would have never expected that. But then there's plenty of anime where it's like, oh, hey, the beach episode. Ooh, (sighs) whoopee. Or your seven deadly sins and you're just awful, awful. (laughs) Like it gives anime a bad name. (laughs) I forgot you hated seven deadly sins. I, uh, I was neutral to it. I read the manga and it was okay. It's fine, but uh, uh, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah, it's not one I would go out of my way for. It's like, yeah, if, if there was if there was for some reason as humanity ended and the only bit of anime that survived was Seven Deadly Sins, I'd rather there never be an existence of anime than just that existing. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I, I would certainly agree with that. I <laughs> uh, so chops. We've chatted about this game a bit, but what do you say we take a brief pause, hear a word from one of our partners, and we jump into the music. Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room, but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CSMOT Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren that's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. There, you can make a one-time donation or, if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for Mott. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit Tiltify.com slash Mott children and play for the little victors. So Chops, 
Today, we are talking about Shoji Meguro, uh, who's worked on nearly every Shin Megami Tensei game and Persona game and their spinoffs. But there is another series of games that I know you know and appreciate and we've talked about on The Legend of Retro before. Is it because it's made by Atlas? Uh, it is. It is made by Atlas. It is. That is the uh, uh, the other game series he worked on. Yeah, I mean, Atlas makes um, again probably the most anime games I've ever played in my life. Um, and if I had to guess, like, I'm sure it's the Trauma Center games that you're talking about. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. Good, yep. good guess. Trauma Center, uh, which had an amazing soundtrack for no reason it had no business being so good (laughs) so oh man so the first song that we have uh for everybody is actually a song for persona 4 golden this is the intro to uh the golden version the vita version uh but this is a song that chops really enjoyed and it's honestly probably one of my favorites from the soundtrack as a whole and so even though it's kind of cheating we're gonna play this uh uh vita version uh song for you guys this is persona 4 golden shadow world Let's get it, get it, see what we can uncover. Let the sound from there push us through 
that is Shadow World. That, I really liked it. <laughs> I didn't listen to the whole thing, I'll be honest. I got really hooked because it sounded like a Blues Traveler song in the beginning. <laughs> uh-huh. I really liked that. And then it became like this nice like rock, jazzy, J-pop song. Like it, It's a weird mix. I really liked it. No, I'm glad you enjoy. Yeah, I really, really like the opening song. Uh, when uh, we were tracking down opening themes, uh, you know, and I used Persona 4's main opening theme, I was mm-hmm. so hoping I could get a hold of that song. And then I realized it was for the Vita version. And I was like, oh, man. Because, yeah, I really love it. Uh, next up, we have uh, a theme called I'll Face Myself. This is the battle version. Uh, this is uh, the main, like the main boss theme that goes throughout Persona Four. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a listen. I'll face myself the battle version. That rocks. Right? Oh, God, the music is so good. It's uh, really good. And this theme that you hear uh, 
it's during really pivotal moments in the game because a lot of the bosses in the game, uh, you know, the one of the overarching themes throughout the game is kind of repression. Uh, you know, when you go to the shadow world, your shadow, the more you repress yourself, like an aspect of who you are and aren't willing to come to terms with it, it grows and like festers and becomes more and more powerful. And so, you know, there's a lot of heavy moments in the game where, you know, certain characters are repressing themselves. Like, you know, maybe it's just an aspect of, you know, uh, uh, you know, a part of themselves they don't like, uh, or in some cases it's, you know, the game does involve some sexuality. And so like there are characters who are repressing a part of who they are, not willing to own up to, you know, who they are as a person. And so, you know, some of these bosses are really grotesque looking and have like almost like a, uh, like a, uh, like a level of like sexualization to them that really makes you kind of uncomfortable. And so this like heavy rock theme, uh, really pairs well with those like really kind of tense extreme moments. Mm, okay. I uh, now finally, we have a song called Heaven. Now. I'm going to play this song for you here, Chops, and then I'm going to ask you where in the game, what type of theme you think this is. Uh, so for all our listeners, let's go ahead and give this a listen and uh, think about what you, where you would expect this in a video game. So let's go ahead and give this one a listen. song heaven so what theme is this for in the game is that what you're asking? yeah so like is this a, a battle theme town theme theme of love theme of uh dating theme of uh friendship theme of uh dungeon theme of 
you know, a boss battle. Uh, what what mm-hmm. would you assume it is? Not necessarily. I mean, obviously, I'm asking because I'm going to throw you a curveball. Uh, yeah. What would you assume from that thing? My my initial thought, as soon as I heard the beginning of it, was shop theme. I don't know why I thought of of a shop theme, and then as I heard of it, listened to it more. I almost thought it was like the dream theme because you mentioned something about dreams. So that's where I'm at. It is the theme of one of the dungeons. It is. It is a dungeon theme, which, by the way, all the dungeons in this game have amazing music. Uh, This one is probably the most emotional dungeon, I think, for for everybody who plays this game, Uh, which I won't spoil why, uh, because it's a very big event in the game. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, avoid looking at the uh, comments on uh, any YouTube uh, uh, video postings for the song Heaven. I, uh, but I, uh, yeah, like this is a, a a dungeon theme. Wow, it's a good it's a good theme. I liked it. It's great. Like the, the that is the if nothing else, if Persona Four or any of the Persona games just don't do it for a person. If nothing else, it has the music going for it. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I, all in all, I absolutely recommend Persona 4. I feel like it is a, it, it is a long RPG. The Persona games are, you know, there's a lot to them. But I feel like, you know, sometimes something even as simple as a dragon quest isn't that accessible because you know it, it's let's face it it's like oh no the demon lord is back what are we gonna do we need to go on a quest and get these artifacts to like help prevent his escape oh no he got away anyway oh let's go get this demon slayer sword and you know it's it, it's simple but it's not necessarily accessible to a ton of people I feel like something like Persona 4, which is, you know, has its overarching murder mystery and that it has its kind of more down to earth moments through the school life sim aspects, you know, you being closer with your friends, your family. I feel like that allows it to be a bit more accessible than something that is more simplistic. I mean, I think it's the same kind of um reasoning like uh, uh, why i like it but why i think most people like the um uh, historical fiction where it's like alternate reality sci-fi of like a place in history of like it's grounded enough in something that people can relate to Mm -hmm. but then it's a twist on that thing it's a 180 or it's like you know, like a, a book series or a book that I read that had to do with uh, Christopher Columbus, but then like people traveling back in time to stop him from coming to America because he's the reason why millions of people die in the world uh, all leading up to the future. So like like that's a really interesting – it's rooted in history. It's mm-hmm. very historical, but there's this weird sci-fi twist to it. So I could totally see – why this game would be like that because it's rooted in like a small town mystery, but has this weird sci-fi demon world element to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I can totally see that analogy. The, the, it is, it is reality with a weird, weird, bizarre twist to it. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, uh, my, my final thoughts for this game are, uh, when I did eventually sit down to play it, uh, there was a coworker I had, uh, dude named Jason, 
and uh, he worked under me, you know, uh, in the department I was working at at that grocery store. And he had played Persona 4 before. And so he was he would ask, he'd be like, oh, who, who do you, you know, like, who, do you have an idea of who the, the killer is? And I'd be like, I think it's this person. And he was like, oh, why, why do you think that? And I was like, I don't know. There's just something about him. I just don't like him. There, I hate him. I just, there's something slimy about this character and I just don't appreciate it. And the best part, Chops? Yeah. I was right. I got the, oh. I solved the murder mystery. <laughs> I, you should be very proud. Agatha Christie would be very proud of you. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Agatha Christie, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and uh, uh, a Japanese author by the name of Seishi uh, Yokomizo, uh, who all created popular uh, murder mystery characters, Sherlock Holmes, Hercule Poirot, Poirot and Miss Marple, and then uh, Seishi uh, Yokomizo created Kosuke Kindaichi. Uh, they were all inspirations for this game, apparently, and so that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that they, I would have done them proud. I mean, my niche in reading is is murder mysteries and mysteries in general. I love that genre of, of books. So this has definitely changed my opinion of this one game. I still will not play Persona 5, um, but uh, until you've convinced me otherwise. So basically, you just have to convince me. <laughs> I, I would say that if you play Persona 4 and you like it, Persona 5 is just sort of more of of that style of thing. It's less murder mystery, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of more of a, a, how would I put it? Like, heist movie? Like, if, if this is a murder movie, or murder mystery movie, that would be like a heist movie thrown into a Persona game. Okay. So, cool. Not a murder mystery in my book. I prefer right. Persona 4. I, but regardless, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. When I finally convince you to play Persona Four, right, right. I, but Chops, what do you say we uh, go ahead and uh, jump into our retro relapse for the day? Let's do it. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. So Chops. Mm -hmm. I wanted to choose a game that is very accessible to our listeners, something that they had a good chance of playing and something that kind of tied into the theme of Persona 4, uh, you know, sort of full circle this thing. And so I chose and keep in mind, I've never played this game before uh, the Retro Relapse either. Uh, okay. I, I chose Psycho Dream, uh, which is an action game. Uh, that is available on the uh, Nintendo uh, Switch Nintendo Online uh, service. Uh, but it's a Super Nintendo game that never released in America. That makes sense because the intro was all in Japanese. Uh-huh. And I was like, did I do something wrong? Is it? I don't know what's happening right now. So the, the plot of the game, which obviously we can't read, but according to the internet, is uh, uh, in the future or in this parallel world, I should say, uh, you have uh, people getting involved in this like virtual world that's so real that they're just ignoring the real world. And then they like starve and die. And so in order to get people out of this like virtual world and like save their lives, 
because they're addicted to this thing. Uh, they have like this uh, public se- uh, security division uh, nicknamed Diamond Dog that yeah. uh, are uh, uh, essentially they're debuggers. They call themselves where they like debug the game by going in and saving these people and bringing them back out. Yeah, though they're categorized as like movies that the pe- people live through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I looked up that stuff before. Uh, recording tonight and i was just like wow this is definitely not something i figured out playing the game like, no, no 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 reference to that whatsoever but it's like a um it's like a beat-em-up shooter kind of thing yeah 2d scrolling yeah side scrolling uh 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 fighter beat-em-up type thing yeah uh, who did you choose as at the start was it maria or the dude i chose rio the the dude first which Again, like figuring out the mechanics, what I didn't, I, 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 I grabbed a yellow gem uh-huh. and then I grabbed a second yellow gem, which apparently took too long to grab because my whip or whatever, my, my attack that I had changed to a gun. And I was like, this is awful. Why would I ever choose this? And then like, eventually I got a bunch of yellow upgrades and I got like into like a big suit of armor. I was like a super powerful guy. I was just spamming the shoot button because the attacks uh-huh. were everywhere. And then, um, and then I realized there was different colors for different attacks uh, that you can upgrade. And uh, so I played as him till I died, and then I played as her. And then I, I basically got to the point where I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I don't think I ever need to play this again." I, uh, I liked it, but it was uh, not not super interesting. Very simplistic. The the story to the game is way more interesting than the gameplay. Yeah, uh, yeah I played as the girl and like she she's like almost in like a bondage outfit, which is real awkward. I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, she has like claws eventually. I thought that was kind of neat. The claw attack. Uh, and then she becomes a butterfly. Yeah, she gets like she turns into like a fairy, but she has like her attack homes in on the enemy. And so you just yeah. spam it and just walk forward and it just annihilates everything on the screen, which is, uh, you know, honestly kind of fun. Did you get to the boss? I got to the third level. I So how long did it take you to beat that first boss? I. It took me a bit. I almost died. I was down to like one health bar. So I played as as the guy first. Uh-huh. His maxed out yellow attack. Yeah. I like beat him almost instantly. Oh, seriously? It took me a while. Yeah. And then when I played as her, it took forever. And I was like, why was this so much easier as the guy? I it yeah. just it was crazy how easy it was to to beat the thing. It was just like, okay, well, I guess the next time I play is I'll just play as him the whole time. I, yeah, I'll play the next time I give the game a shot. I'll play as the dude, I suppose, man. I, uh, I thought that the, uh, the aesthetics were interesting to the game because it's honestly kind of creepy. The monster it's design, very the monster design and the fact there's like not a whole lot, like it's intentionally minimal uh-huh. to make it feel like almost deserted. It is. It has a, a very like 90, 80s, 90s aesthetic to like the backgrounds and stuff, but everything's like in ruin. So it gives you this like kind of lonely, nostalgic feeling. Yeah. Like you know, dystopian, empty city overrun by crazy creatures. Yeah. Uh, it almost reminded me of, uh, uh, and I'm 
I'm very sure you haven't played it. It was a, a Japanese game that never came to America on the Super Nintendo, Majuo, which is like super horror. It's a Super Nintendo game, but it's like really, really horror based. It's interesting mm-hmm. and fun, but it's difficult. It almost reminded me of that. It's it's the same kind of gameplay too. Interesting. I uh, but yeah, I uh, I feel like. <sighs> I don't want to rate this game that high because objectively it's not like an amazing game, but I want people to play it because it's an interesting game and it's available on the Nintendo Switch online. It's not one of those games where it like hindered itself, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's not that it like it did anything bad. It just didn't wow me. Mm -hmm. And so like if I had to give it a rating on the 8-bit scale, I'd probably give it like a 6 Cause like I liked it, but it just didn't do anything over the top. But I don't, I don't want to give it a an average rating because it didn't do anything to hurt itself. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, I would agree with that. I'd probably give it like a five out of eight. It's it's probably a a average to slightly above average action game on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Its soundtrack isn't amazing. Its graphics aren't amazing. Its you know game design isn't amazing. It's just decent at what it does. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't try to do something it's not. The Super Nintendo has so many amazing games, and not all of them can be Mario World, Donkey Kong Country 2, Mega Man uh, 7, Mega Man X. It's just, go. you... you. Here you go, on your high horse, the Super Nintendo being the greatest. Well, no, I, I would argue that if this was a Sega game, once again, you can't have every game be Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know... Okay. You, you you only have so many amazing games, and there's the idea, the notion that there are hidden gems on a system like your Sega Genesis or my Super Nintendo is kind of flawed because we live in the age of the internet where there are a million hidden gem videos on right, YouTube. Nowadays, everybody knows about them. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I would say that this is a game that's worth trying out. Because if you are subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online, it's free. Mm-hmm. You yeah, might you as well play it. it. Uh, and it's worth playing, uh, if for nothing else, than the weirdness of it and the, the odd aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I, but I... And choose the yellow power-up. It's a better one. Apparently for the dude. I don't... I think the yellow is... I think that's what I took as the girl character, Maria. Uh, but I don't remember. I just honestly didn't realize you could change the color of them by attacking them until way late in like stage three. And so I was just grabbing whatever was there. Oh, I was I wasn't even attacking. I was just waiting them for the, to change color. Oh, they wait. Oh, I was yeah. I was attacking to make them change. I guess it was just oh. they were changing anyway. Maybe. I don't know. Because I guess it wasn't every hit changed it. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> OK. Uh, mm, I feel like an idiot. Yeah, you're fine. Chops, what do you say? We time travel uh, to the future and find out what's going on with our music bracket. Let's do it. Let's hop in the epoch. I got it all gassed up and ready to go. Hold it right there. 
<laughs> Thanks for the intro, boys. You lowlifes can call me Xander. I'm the leader of this pack. Now listen up. The Robot Master theme bracket's up ahead, and it's the only road you've got. You want to reach the end of this episode? Then you're gonna have to listen. To me, talk about the bracket, that is. I'll let you listen to the tunes, because that's the kind of guy I am. Don't sweat it, and don't you dare think about not voting, babe. First up, we have Flashman from Mega Man 2, composed by Takashi Tateishi. Let's ride! on that one? Wahoo! Nooch! Don't relax just yet, because up next is Blizzard Man from Mega Man 6, composed by Yuko Takahara. Listen up. Now that you've heard the songs, you gotta let us know which one you think is the better Robot Master theme. How can you do that? 
Well, you can head over to the Legend of Retro Facebook page and vote on our reaction poll. Take a look at at Legend of Retro GZ on Twitter and vote there. Or you can jump on Discord and vote in our emoji poll. You got some coin? Take it to patreon.com slash games of the media and spend just one dollar to get an additional vote there. That also unlocks our special State of the Zilla podcast where random GameZilla folks talk about whatever they want once a month. Got four more downloads burning a hole in your pocket? Upgrade to the $5 level and get bonus shows from all the shows on our network, including our very own Game Shark Show, where the Legend of Retro crew talks about random retro topics. Special shout out to all you cool cats that are already supporting. Huh, you're leaving me already? Well, you've listened to the songs, you know how to vote. You can come back and listen to me anytime. We'll ride like the wind, babe. There's not a whole lot of the future. I think I kind of want to go back to that post-apocalyptic dystopian 80s uh, Japanese city we were at. Yeah, you think we can rig the epoch to go to the different dimensions? Uh, we go into that uh, shadowy TV world? Yeah, let's go to the shadowy TV world. I have news for you, uh, Chops. You repress your evil side a whole heck of a lot, and that's why I'm here. Oh, no. Oh yes. So which one are you of the of the tarot cards? The hanged man? Death? Uh I prefer death Cheer over the hanged man. Okay. Yeah. The fool? What the fool? The magician? Oh, maybe the magician. Uh in the uh uh in my hierarchy of uh tarot cards I want to represent, it goes death, magician, uh, hangman is a very low bottom. Oh, okay. Um, what about ooh, the devil? Oh, is there a devil in tarot? Yeah, there's the devil, and there's also the. No, oh, no, it's a pope. Never mind. Uh, pope, I ain't. So, devil, it is. <laughs> uh, I don't know if uh, if you know this, chops, but uh, in the list of uh, uh, professions that represent me. Uh, Pope is easily in the bottom tier of professions that represent me. It's called the Hierophant. So. Oh, the Hierophant. Oh, right. Yeah. That I was going to say, I was like, I don't remember the Pope being a tarot card, but uh, all right, fair enough. Yeah, it's some, some decks he's called the Pope. Well, also the Hierophant is not yes. likely going to describe me. Got, got it. Clear. <laughs> Maybe for you. No, definitely not for me. What would you think for yourself? Uh, the hermit? Um, or... I don't know. I just keep going back to Wheel of Fortune just because it's also like... I don't know. I think of the Wheel of Fortune intelligence. Oh, great. Now that theme song's <laughs> stuck in my head. Thanks, Chops. You're welcome. <laughs> well... We've uh, delayed this long enough uh, here, Chops. I think it's time that we go ahead and sign off. We'll see y'all next time. When When the the legend legend continues.
to to tell us what major arcana they are and what major arcana they think we are oh uh yeah no they they definitely should they uh uh shout out to all our uh Listeners, uh, what tarot card do you think each member of the Legend of Retro represents? I'm going to guess someone's going to say I'm just the fool. I feel like one could argue that any one of us as hosts could be represented by the fool card. At any point, any time. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not happy about it, but I, I could I could see somebody making a uh, claim for me taking the fool card. That's, uh, I'm all about it. I also don't know much about tarot and what each card really like represents. Neither do I. So I'm just going to assume everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, Craig's the devil and just, you know. Take it for face value like they do when they vote for our music bracket. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yes, just like <laughs> that. 